All righty, friends, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 618, and we are recording on May the 2nd. And if you're watching the video, uh, you'll see that Abriana is not here today. Instead, we have uh, our uh, good friend, co-founder, head of operations in EMEA, Karsten, is here. And uh, good to see you, sir. I will. Uh, it's funny because I'm seeing you virtually right now online, but I will see you in person tomorrow. So, anyhow. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, it's always a pleasure to jump in and fill out the space. Well, I, I'm sure I cannot do it in the same quality as Brianna is doing. So, totally different, but it's great to see you. And also, tomorrow we will be on a conference in Rotterdam together. And the day after, we will have our LBMA panel there talking about uh, location data analytics and things we can do with that is it right correct yeah exciting times so um yeah so we have uh, our usual show uh for folks this week four stories we're going to cover uh, a range of things this week from uh safety uh technologies to payments technologies to uh augmented reality and kind of how location weaves across all of that. So I'll let you start it off um, uh, with our first story. All right, great, thank you. So a company called Basis Technologies and Peer39, uh, they're partnering up to empower marketers with location-based contextual advertising. So uh, that means that they try to streamline uh, their advertising across various channels and make it more valuable uh, to the customer. So uh, if you see the conversion focus between basic te technologies and peer 39, uh, it is lastly about uh, giving more context to the advertisement. So uh, right now what we can see, so we have cookies and all the stuff around, but they're now trying to use uh, artificial intelligence to find out uh, what's your behavior and what the context is behind your search and how you just uh, yeah, scroll down a website or um, easily um, identify you on a location, which can be a physical one and also an online one. And so those both companies, Basic Technologies and Peer39, teamed up on this context. And if you, if you look at the pros, so uh, location-based contextual advertising allows uh, much more personalized and effective advertising and the experience for the consumers. Um, but also on, on the con side, uh, we have to think about is that accepted by, by uh, the customer or at least the advertiser by themselves because they have to understand uh, what they have to deliver in terms of if you know the context where the uh, yeah, potential client is surfing a website or being in a location, uh, then you have to have a kind of media asset for that our kind of story for that. It's not just one size fits all. And so this, this is what it's about right now. But uh, all of all, um, it, it's a reasonable good thing uh, to trying to optimize those kind of things. And we have that in the past very often trying that out and often came out at the, the end of the day. So we need more yeah, advertising assets to, to make that happen. So I remember a thing we had together with Lufthansa, just giving uh, a location-based advertisement out of uh, the destination you're flying in or you want to fly out. So that was a hard way to do a couple of years ago, but I think uh, artificial intelligence can help us there a lot because we can now produce those kind of advertisements just by a few clicks. So what are your thoughts about that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good partnership. Uh, at the end of the day, you have, you know, Basis, who's a, a, a player in the programmatic uh, search and social space. Uh, and you have kind of uh, Pier 39, you know, who's you know focused on this kind of contextual advertising. So I think it's a good match, um, you know, and especially when we talk about kind of the changes that, you know, the industry is facing right now from a privacy point of view with regards to the loss of the cookie. Uh, and so one of the strategies, you know, we've seen companies move towards is this type of uh, audience-based targeting uh, with geolocation data. So you're not doing the one-to-one -one as much uh, anymore uh, because you don't have those kind of cookies, but you're able to, to target an audience, um, you know, with location con and context, uh, which is the basis of this story, I think, together. So. Yeah, I think it's a good partnership. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's anything, you know, brand new, innovative from a technology point of view, but I think the combination of the two is, is a solid one and I think will bear uh, some fruit for uh, for both parties and, and for their clients. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, on to the uh, second story now. So we're going to jump over to Brazil. Um, and an interesting uh, uh, offering here now. So uh, Meta, the parent company behind Facebook and WhatsApp uh, has decided to make WhatsApp uh, available to small businesses and to users there as a way to pay for services from local businesses. So this is a seamless checkout uh, type of experience. Um, so small businesses who, who want to buy and sell goods on WhatsApp without having to go to a website now have, you know, the ability to also facilitate the payments directly through that platform, you know? And so I think this is interesting because, um, you know, generally speaking, we don't have these types of social media integrated payment platforms happening in North America, um, you know, maybe a bit more in South America. Um, definitely in Asia, we've seen lots of this with, you know, Alipay and, uh, WeChat pay and these kinds of things. But I think this is still a relatively new uh, thing when it comes to North and South America um, uh, and for users here. So I like that they're kind of, and they're testing this with a small number of limited vendors. Uh, the users, the, the consumers who are paying for goods and services, you know, can do so then with MasterCard or Visa or whichever prepaid card they have tied uh, into that, uh, who's connected to the service. The small businesses, uh, can also link their payment partners in. And so down in Brazil, you have partners like Cielo, Mercado, Pago, or, or Rede. Um, and so that handle, that's you know for handling the payment processing piece uh, securely in there. So I do think this is pretty interesting. I think it's um, you know, a great way to facilitate you know, more small business uh, transactions and easier, um, you know, capabilities for the merchant side of things, as well as for the consumers by tying it in there. So I like it, you know, I think we need more of this type of stuff, you know, in North America as well. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So just, um, we're all searching for this super app. I think this is the, the story. Um, it's on the, on the meta 
uh, above that. So having just this one shop solutions, as we know that from Uber or the other guys around, so we have the payment and not, not get worried about how I'm going to get paid or how I pay. Uh, I don't have to register another time. And this is pain in the ass at the end of the day. So if, if we look at this, so just waiting and register by themselves, confirm email address again. So this, this is a the limitation which uh, those kind of servers can easily yeah go around there and um, make it more convenient for for everybody so the vendor and the client so at the end of the day yeah i love that and we have to have more of that and so we can see that rules and regulations and fintech are um yeah very interesting uh, all over the globe let's let's say that this way so each country has different rules regulations and thoughts about that you have big players like the the old guys of the industry the benches so they 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 try to keep their business model alive as long as they can <laughs> still so um but new players are coming to around and so if i remember right uh, when paypal started in germany it was just an illegal payment solution it was just illegal by law it, it was not allowed to use that but they, they gave okay let's try that let's let's find out if it's really illegal or if they just adjust the law and they they adjust the law at the end of the day because the customer base was so yeah um yes. so yeah go, go forward with that love that awesome yeah all right, let, let's jump to the next story. So total different, as you, as you mentioned in, in the beginning, in the intro. So a company called BodyTrack, as a variable device company, has partnered up with NextNav, a location service provider, who incorporate vertical positioning technology into its variable devices. So this partnership uh, aims to enhance the accuracy of BodyMark's biometric monitoring capabilities, such as body temperature, heat rate, hydration level and so on so if we look deeper in that so now two companies are teaming up one has uh, i think 90 percent of indoor maps of uh yeah public buildings like schools with more than three or four stories well, i have to think about that so they they have this kind of data as a different layers and um, they provide they provide this uh, material this maps uh indoor maps for uh, firefighters and co uh, and also critical infrastructure where you don't have to rely on uh, yeah, the internet at all and so uh, firefighters for example are using uh, this maps and so now think about the uh, use case uh, firefighter has this variable device which is just yeah covering this yeah, as you know from astronauts, so they're measuring everything at the at the at the space, your heat rate, your blood temperature, body temperature, so on. So you have that for firefighters too, and you can just warn them and say, right, okay, now it's enough. It's it's too much stress. So reduce the stress level, calm down, breathe, or whatever. Go back, yeah. And this can be centralized, and I think that, that that's a highly interesting point. And so, uh, so teaming up from a variable device company with a navigation company at the end of the day, uh, it's a very interesting way. And you see snows growing together. So the kind of sensors, IOTs, we had it in the, um, yeah, factories and, and workshops and things. So now it's coming into our wearables and try to connect to a serious business application. So yeah, uh, I love that. Uh, what, what about your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, anything that's about, you know, saving lives and preventing, you know, uh, injuries and these kinds of incidents from happening, I think is a good thing, right? 
And we know, uh, you know, we've all worked, uh, you and I, in this industry for a long time now. We know the challenges with uh, finding people quickly in high-rise buildings. You know, the vertical positioning piece is very, very important to that. And obviously, NextNav is is a major player in that space. And so if, uh, you know, they can integrate that now with, you know, body tracks, uh, uh, wearable devices from a monitoring perspective, and you can prevent... Uh, you know, things uh, from happening, whether it's, you know, heat stress or dehydration or what have you, um, you know, be it in, in, you know, public safety exercises like firefighters you described or fitness uh, applications or, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> or healthcare. Uh, I think there are a lot of applications for this type of thing. And so I could see, you know, big potential for the partnership between BodyTrack and Nextel. Let's see how that develops. <clears throat> yes. All right. Final story. Um, relatively short one here, but uh, I thought it was interesting because, you know, we've talked a lot on the show, uh, Aubriana and I in particular, the last little while about the growing, uh, you know, movement around Web3, Metaverse, AR, all that, that kind of stuff. And one of the interesting things that came out this week is that uh, Snapchat, um, uh, the, uh, you know, which is owned by Snap, has announced a, a partnership with Coca-Cola. And essentially they've built a prototype AR enabled vending machine, which they say works as a portal to AR experiences and rewards. So basically consumers can come up to a vending machine. They can use different hand gestures to control what happens within the experience. There's a camera kind of front facing camera that's built into the vending machine. It captures the you know, the, the consumer that's standing in front of that, and then they can kind of control from there um, and do a bunch of different AR things, you know, that can be shared and, uh, you know, posted to, to Snapchat profiles and things like that. So I think it's interesting. Obviously, Snap has been one of the leaders early, early on, you know, before the, even the, the large Web3 movement, uh, you know, with their lenses and things like that. So I think I think there's a lot of potential here. Um, they're working on um, <clears throat> an AR kind of suite of tools for shopping, uh, which they're targeting at CPGs um, and uh, and retailers uh, that combines a bunch of different technology together, like you know the the try on technology or finding the right fit technology or those kinds of of things that we've seen from you know, other uh, companies in the makeup space or cosmetic space and other things like that. Uh, but they're playing around with this. And, and I think they have one of the interesting things about, you know, Snap and Snapchat specifically is, is it's very popular. You know, they have millions and millions of, of users. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's a good platform for kind of building on top of. And I think it fits very well demographically with the Coca-Cola uh, vending machine, you know, user audience. Yeah. Thoughts you? yeah. So, so you mentioned it. So, uh, the user base of Snapchat and Snap is is huge, and they are very, very famous for their photo filters. So, a lot of the teens are using Snapchat uh, 
just uh, to to have some filters on the on the phones and their their knowledge about augmented reality is very very high compared to other social media platforms or guys in that space. So the transition from there into a brand building and using that technology and that knowledge to yeah engage people more digital because this is at the end of the day what we're talking about. So bringing the offline and the online world together again <laughs> on a location which is in this case the vending machine uh wedding wedding machine so that makes 100 sense so um interesting to see how that works um i'm, I'm pretty sure that we don't have hundreds of thousands of those machines out there but maybe a couple of few are still just no, it's, it, there's just one prototype right now and then they're planning to roll it out i think too yeah, exactly. But I love the idea and also may that answered a bit the question, what is the use case of a metaverse scenario for Coca-Cola and how we can engage with people directly and how we can measure that thing. So interaction wise or, or real. Yeah, I and that. I think I think it's one of the things that, you know, I, I know at the, the Geospatial World Forum conference that you will be at uh, with me uh, later this week here in Rotterdam. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely a topic that's on the agenda both from a kind of general metaverse perspective, but also on the digital twinning side of things, uh, which obviously smart cities and all of that are, are looking into right now. So it's it's definitely something we need to be paying attention to. Um, and, you know, on that, on that note, just to wrap up then, so, it, you know, for our friends here in Europe, uh, you know, if you haven't already, or you're, you know, it's not too late to, to join us at, uh, at the Geospatial World Forum in Rotterdam, uh, the conference uh, opens this afternoon. This is May the 2nd uh, and runs throughout the rest of the week. Uh, so feel free to, uh, to you know, check that out on you know, any of the social media or go to just geospatialworldforum.com and you can learn more about that. While I'm talking about conferences, uh, our own conference is just around the corner, June 13th, 14th, Retail Loco. A uh, big one. Uh, we are very excited and to be partnering with the Mall of America. Uh, so yes, uh, the conference is happening inside the Mall of America, and uh, we would love to see uh, any of you there as well. If you're interested in speaking, sponsoring, or attending, you can just go to the lbma.org um, and click on events and you'll find the agenda there uh, for the Mall of America event. Um, but yeah, we would love to, uh, to work with you on that or see you there in person. So June 13th and 14th. Great. Thank All you right. much. That's it for today. Thank everybody uh, for listening and watching. Uh, if you have ideas for stories, reach out to us. If you have feedback, we want to hear about that too. Um, and also one last thing too. Um, uh, we also have our, our case study platform, bestretailcases.com. If you have a case study, please uh, just go to bestretailcases.com and submit it there. We would love to share it on the uh, the global network of case studies that we're building up there. And, and you also forgot to mention that we have our B weekly news service around these cases mm -hmm. and our news and stories set it up a couple of weeks ago. Very successful and opening rate in the audience. So also here, if you have an interesting story, just submit it to us, to see for myself, just private messengers, and then we will take care of that. So we'd love to have you also on the newsletter. Amazing. So that's it, everybody. You've been listening and watching episode number 618 of Location Weekly. We'll see you next week with another show. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you.